Can we do it again? From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. It is wild that that last week, a good portion of last week, we thought the Heat were getting one team, and then they end up getting a completely different team than what we were anticipating. Is it better for the Heat? We're presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Start of the 1 o'clock hour means it's time for the lunch hour. Every successful radio show has an hour with a name and a memorable sound effect. Ours is the lunch hour, taking the easiest route possible. And the grown woman who is snorting her way, open-mouthed, through a sloppy Joe is said expensive sound effect. We welcome you to the lunch hour here on Ken Levick Alive. Theodore, CWPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. And hey, is joint pain affecting your quality of life? At Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, their team of experienced joint replacement surgeons, traditional joint replacement surgery, as well as new, less invasive treatments have you taken care of, all with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combining its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. For more information today, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. If you thought Patrick Beverly was done after showing up on Keyshawn J. Will and Max and Get Up and First Take and just ethering CP3, crushing CP3, catching Grayson Allen with a stray. <laughs> Theo and I look up at Sports Center in the break here on our TVs in the end of John Levine Accident Attorney Studios. Patrick Beverly's on Sports Center now. <laughs> we have a replay of first take right now. Patrick Beverly is sitting there. That was probably what, like 90 minutes ago, Stone? Yeah, or maybe a little even further maybe back. Maybe even further back. And now Patrick Beverly is live on Sports Center. This dude, ESPN. It's sort of like a free agent trip. They can't let Patrick Beverly leave without locking him up. ESPN needs to talk him into wrapping up the NBA career and and ink this dude up in free agency. Don't let him leave Bristol. I don't think he's leaving Bristol anytime soon. In fact, Uh, uh, we'll see if SBP has him uh, tonight (laughs) on the Midnight Sports Center. Actually, you mentioned that, and I wonder if, yeah, he's not leaving because he's dictating all of this. He's like, oh, wait, you got an extra seat and maybe some time in the C block? Uh, Can I I jump on? Is that good? Can I jump on with Sage Steele and Matt Berry? All right, cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. Imagine Pat Bev right now just in the uh, control room right now just – Talking to the producers like, okay, I need you to fit me in here. Give me that. I like this lower third banner right here. He's letting them know what uh-huh. he's going to say. Uh-huh. Have this ready. Grayson Allen dot dot dot. Oh, my who? God. That would be Question amazing. Mark. Yeah, I like this graphic ready. And and here's this highlight I need. Okay. Yeah. He's just dictating everything. Uh, they're like, Pat, can you can you go back to Minneapolis, please? Yeah. And you? where'd you get that clipboard from, Yeah, Pat? yeah. What do you do? Why, why do you have a headset on? Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, do, we, do we feel good about this Heat Celtics matchup? Like, don't get me wrong. It's always heat and five, okay? Always, 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 always. That's the mantra we live by. It. We've lived by it from second one. It's what we believe in. I know that this series is going to be a war. It is going to be an absolute battle, and obviously not literally a war, but you know what I'm saying. I'm using a very stupid sports cliche. This is going to be knockdown, drag out, 
haymakers, bloodletting, the entire thing, okay? But I really, despite the scoring options, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, I really, from a size standpoint, from a depth standpoint, I think the Heat have a good, good chance to match up and be problematic for the Celtics. As efficient as they are offensively, as much as they get the job done on both ends of the floor, the Heat, with their ability to continually, relentlessly guard you, to pound you on the glass, to defend you in the full court if need be, and obviously with the size advantage underneath, whether you're talking Bam, whether you're talking Deadman, whether you're talking PJ, I like this matchup maybe more so than I would have liked the Bucks. Yeah. Well, the, the thing about this matchup in the Bucks is Milwaukee would have clearly had the best player in the series. In this matchup, Jimmy Butler, to me, can easily be the best player in this series, especially if the Heat do what they've done in the past two series, and that is cut the head off the snake. I don't know if Giannis would have been the clear-cut, clearly best player in the series, but most impactful, I think that might be a better way to put it. I think Giannis would have been clear-cut best player in the He's series, He's the best man. player in the world right now. He would have been like... It would, oh, I thought that was Luka. <laughs> no, he has the best aura oh, he has in the, best the world. We talked yeah. about He's got the black most, aura. We okay. did yeah. most valuable playoff performer, now, but that's okay. far I mean, different I, I, than the best player in the world. I would argue Giannis is probably the most valuable playoff performer if we want to go that route, I mean, I know he's out now, but dude. I hear you. 200 points, 100 rebounds, and what, 50 assists? I think he was the first player to ever do that in the series. It's inevitable, that too. Was, that dude was ridiculous. But whatever. Giannis, thankfully, the Heat do not have to deal with that freight truck. We saw what happened last year. We got swept. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that this series is going to cause problems, but I think let's, let's not even overcomplicate things. I, I would boil it down to this. Can the Heat role players... Make their open shots. No doubt that That's is it. the key. Is P.J. Tucker going to hit his corner three? Is Tyler, Tyler Hero going to be able to create in the half court? Max Can Struz. Max Struz hit his jumpers coming off those screens from Bam Adebayo? Victor Oladipo. Oladipo's got to be able to attack the rim some and get some shots. When he gets those wide open looks, he has to be able to knock them down. Like It's going to boil down to that because we already know Bam Adebayo is going to be a problem at the rim for the Celtics. We already know that Jimmy Butler is going to get his and we know that they're not going to let Jason Tatum go off for games and have like a 46-point outing or whatnot. That's not happening. Well, Stone and I were talking with JMP uh, before the show, and, and uh, he said, and he's right, you need to see aggressive BAM. Passive BAM ain't going to get it done, but if you get aggressive BAM, who's not settling for the 12-footers, not settling for the elbow and taking it to the rim, because there were times in the Sixer series he was getting himself to the line. He was clearly exploiting the problems underneath uh, when Embiid was isolated against him. He had no problem taking it at Embiid, especially coming off of the pick and roll. And so if you can do that against the Celtics, chances are Bam is living at the free throw line. And thankfully, it's not Giannis across from him. So right. the confidence right. can be there going right. against yeah. a Horford or a Grant guarding him. I couldn't agree with you more, Theo, about the role players because this is also something you and JMP had mentioned earlier before the show. The Heat and, and the Celtics are... In construct, like very similar, very the similar, way yeah. they do things, and I think Miami probably has the edge in every category, not by much, but at least has the edge in pretty much every single one of those categories. So it comes down to for both teams, role players knocking down their shots and doing their job. And I think the main difference is too the only thing that Miami I think lacks that the Celtics do have is Jason Tatum's ability to hit. Like if the shot clock goes down to about seven, it's Hell a yeah. close game. It's fourth quarter, shot clock's down to seven. 
Tatum has the ball in his hands, even through good defense, Tatum can hit a mm-hmm. contested step back three here yeah. and there. That could tip the weight in the Celtics' favor, whereas Jimmy Butler's not doing that. Tyler Hero's likely not doing that. And that's where I, I'm a little wary. But, again, Jason Tatum, the same thing that gets him wins and the same thing that gets him all the prowess is what gets him in trouble. And if he does take a lot of those step-back contested threes, I think that he would live you with can, that. You can push Jason Tatum into inefficiency. Yeah, it's a hero ball. But I think the biggest right. part of Tatum this playoffs is I've seen a lot more maturity. Like, yeah. old Jason Tatum wouldn't have only had 23 points in that game seven. He wouldn't have kept giving the ball up to Grant Williams. He would have took more making shots. Making the right play. Yeah, he would have forced the ball. Tatum making the right play in game seven actually gives me a little bit more fear than if I would have saw him go for 40 again like he did in game six. For sure. And just to harp on that, like we've been weird and we've seen Miami go through these kind of like scoring droughts and stuff. Yeah. And Boston really doesn't. Their offensive output is always running at a high clip. Like a lot of their guys can score and Tatum and Jalen Brown can hit tough shots. And it's really just been Jimmy Butler hitting tough shots. So we go through a scoring drought. That's where I'll be a little scared. Yeah, but, I mean, th- that's inevitably going to happen it is. at some point. Okay, And Celtics you're just going to have to live droughts. with it. The, the Celtics I've seen have their scoring droughts as well, like in that Bucks series. And Miami's defense <laughs> will make you drive. They're going to force them into that. The difference is it doesn't feel like as much of a drought because – at any moment, you know Tatum can yeah, hit one, right, right, Brown can hit one. Or at least bully themselves to the, to the line. To the line and whatnot. Whereas when the Heat go into one of those droughts, it feels like we're not even getting good shots, let alone making them. It, it gets ugly. It, it is the Heat and the Celtics. Game one tomorrow night Oof. here on ESPN 106. <laughs> so three. soon. I know. So soon. That's gonna, that just happened. We've been rested up. Boston's the one coming in here limping. We spent all weekend on the trainer's table. Yeah. Getting the calves massaged out. Yeah. Uh, myself, Stone, Theo, getting the voices ready. Like, we're good. We had a, I mean, th- th- that was a weekend of just of just recovery after that uh, that Sixers series. Celtics had to put that work in. And they, had to, they went through it. L- luckily for them, it wasn't one of those things where it was grinded out through the fourth quarter. It pretty much ended um, by the time the third quarter was going. But, yeah. um, no, nah, there's, there's no way they're going to have all of their energy going game one. I think that he'd have a at least a fatigue edge. They absolutely do. I mean, Jason Tatum has put up some astronomical minutes yeah. numbers. There isn't even a Heat, one singular Heat player, not even Jimmy Butler, in the same stratosphere of minutes played than where Jason Tatum is at. And they're going to test him out. I mean, what the Heat effectively ground down the 76ers in that series. All right, you want to keep working? Go. Keep working. Go. Oh, here's our second unit. Five guys who could start in the NBA. All right, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. The Heat should absolutely have that edge. I mean, they already do, and that should continue true to form. Again, the, this is where the depth of the Heat comes into play. It won them the Sixers series. It was why the the Hawks went out with a whimper in that <laughs> in that first round series. But this is where the depth reigns so supreme. And if you want to look ahead, if they can get past the Celtics, the depth is where you start to maybe neutralize the Warriors, and it's where you almost certainly neutralize in a seven-game series a team like the Mavs where everything is going through Luka. I would love a Heat-Mavs final. I, I I would love that. The, the Mavericks, I, I think some are just saying, oh, well, this is the easiest matchup for the Warriors because Golden State and Phoenix, it's sexy. Everybody yeah. was looking for that. But I'm telling you, with how poorly the Warriors defend, and we're no coming four da- exactly. And four days ago... What happened when they played a team without its best player? 
They were down by 55. <laughs> okay? So this is certainly a Warriors team where they can go off and they still, I think, have that championship pedigree. But Jesus, sometimes with them, it seems like it is hanging by one solitary thread. Yeah. I hear you, but I do worry that the Warriors will rise to the occasion. And in the sense of already being on high alert, like waiting for Luka. Like, Steph's, okay, you're the face. I'll show you face of the league. That's me. That's always been me. And they are just going to be cocked and loaded in game one. And I I, I do fear for the Mavs in that sense. I do. It's funny because. But in a seven-game series. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you got to get four. Because they can get get gouged. The the, the Warriors can can grab your soul with 35-foot three. I I, mean, what was the the shot that put the series away? Three misses from Steph leading to three offensive (laughs) rebounds and a clay three. Like, that's how they kill you. But, man, Luka is going to have all the room to operate. That, that he could possibly want if Draymond is even a little off in that he, series. That's the problem. They don't really – I wish – if they had Gary Payton, I would like the Warriors' chances a bit more, which is weird to say. But Klay Thompson's not the perimeter defender he used to be, so I don't think he could stay in front of Luka. And Dray- Draymond Green – He's, he's going to ask for the assignment. I, I get a feeling like Draymond's going to want to guard Luka. Yeah, Draymond Green yeah. will probably want to try and get – but, like, I don't know if they have that perfect guy. Andrew Wiggins is going to see some time on him. But at the end of the day, what are they going to do? If they put Draymond on Luka, guess what he's going to do? Call for a screen. Hey, where's Steph at? Is Steph over there in the yeah. corner? Is, yeah, he, right, is he over right. there guarding Maxi Kleber? Come on over here, Steph. <laughs> How about this? Kleber, you come set this screen. I'm gonna right. get, I'm gonna, and he's going to pick on Steph no matter if it's in the first quarter, the third quarter, or the fourth quarter. And that, that's going to end up being a problem for the Warriors. We'll see how much the Warriors do to trap him and get the ball out of his hands, and we'll see how much – Brunson and Dinwiddie could do. I don't want to curse us because we're like looking ahead we're talking to about the, the finals, finals and we're breaking down the West and all uh. of that. But uh, I, I guess I want to throw it out there to Heat fans because I honestly come off of yesterday feeling better about the matchup with the Celtics on the floor than I would have with the Bucks. Now, make no mistake, the fan interaction on social media is going to be endlessly more annoying. Uh, endlessly more annoying. If you thought the Sixers series was bad, just wait until these Boston dopes start getting in your replies, Heat fans, okay? uh -uh. Just trust me, this is not going to be a whole lot of fun. But do you, from an on-the-floor perspective, Heat fans, are you more relieved or more concerned that it's the Celtics and not the Bucks? Are you more relieved or more concerned that the Heat are playing the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. When we return the NBA and the NHL have come together to screw over South Florida sports fans. How? I'll explain when we come back. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. From the extensive pre-show research department, otherwise known as Friday Night Lights, Stone Labanowitz. In regular season games, the Heat allow just 41.3 paint points per game, the fewest in the NBA. However, their paint defense not built on rim protection, but more forcing opponents away from the basket. The Heat are not going to get beaten at the rim 
in this Celtics series. But if someone's going to go off from deep, it's got to be one. You can't have a collection of three-point barrages like happened yesterday to the Bucks, where everybody was open and everybody was hitting threes. You pick one, you let them get theirs, and then you shut everybody else down. Yeah. That's it, that's the game plan. Well, the Bucks is like Coach Coach Bud was trying to play like psychological warfare on Grant Williams and and Derek White, and it worked on Derek White, but Grant Williams eventually overcame it. That's the most positive, optimistic guy in the world, and he heaved up what like 18, 17 three pointers. Yeah, it ain't happening. Just plans. chucking, yeah. just absolutely chucking them. Uh, Stone, do we have uh, Patrick Beverly? Uh, he's not done yet. He's he still got his ESPN <laughs> he's tour. Still going. Uh, Patrick Beverly still going on CP3 and still going on the Suns. This another one of his slanderous takes on CP3 and the Suns as he makes his his tour through Bristol on every single televised ESPN show. Here's Patrick Beverly. Do guys in the NBA go to sleep early the night before playing the Phoenix Suns? Hell no. <laughs> no. You mean as a team, or would you talk about Chris Paul individually? Chris Paul individually. Okay. Man. No. I'm going to Stake 44 Ooh. over there in Phoenix. I'm going to have me a nice little wine, probably sweat it out, and uh, but the pregame shoot around and get ready for Chris Paul. Steph Curry, I'm going I'm going to bed at 8 o'clock. Mom, don't call me. My girl, don't call me. I don't, I'm, I'm locked in right now. Man. Why, Pat? It's Why? just all pent up, man. It is all pent up. What do you think CP3's response to this is? Like, can you even respond to something like that after going out the way that the Suns went out last night? uh, Besides something like you guys didn't even make it past, like Memphis or something like that. Like, I I don't know. He the only way for Chris Paul for one, when you're Chris Paul, you don't respond to Pat Bev, especially not him doing stuff through the media. If it was on the court, he would respond immediately. But the only way to respond is those four nights when the Suns and the Timberwolves play next year. Chris Paul has to go off. He can't do what he did in Game 7 and even Game 6 and even Game 5 and I think even Game 4 of this past series. He's got to be up for those games because this is just getting disrespectful. I mean, this is like see you out at dinner randomly in the offseason, like confrontation type of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like if you're CP3, you almost have to physically confront him at some point in this offseason because this, this is... The epitome of disrespect. I I have, you know, we all do. I have a number of people that that don't like me, whether it be professionally or personally. I think probably more professionally than personally. A number of exes who I've done wrong. Uh, Nobody, I mean nobody, has ever slandered me the way that Patrick Beverly has gone on the largest sports network on the planet Mm. and just taken it to CP3 today. So you're saying CP3 needs to play the Jorge Masvidal role and pull up on... But I'm not saying, like, sucker punch him from behind. I mean, to each his own. Yeah, I don't think CP3 is, like, Miami-ish. Like, that was a total Miami move from from Masvidal. But But you got it, like, in a restaurant, if if Patrick Beverly's sitting there having a steak dinner, one that you're so fond of, Oh, yeah. I, I think... That that CP3 needs to run up on him What's at that up? restaurant and like at least confront him at the table. It's on like, site. Hey, let's go outside. Let's go. <laughs> like, there's got to be something so he can regain some of this respectability back. That's the thing, though. Like, the only way for Chris Paul to respond is to not respond. Like, if anything that Chris like Paul that. says is going to be held against him, because also, like, dude, we just watched you play play what we think was basketball, and it was terrible. 
And so your game was terrible. This guy who's obviously out of the playoffs, but he's Patrick Beverly. Like, you can't win that conversation. You can't. You're not going to win that conversation. It's but like that's a Twitter troll. But that's what I'm saying. Like you almost just have to like face to face confront him and get out. How, are there games played between them? And if so, how many? Because that's if CP3 had the edge, you can toss that in there with a no. quick little smart aleck remark like, "Oh yeah, you ain't you've never held me to you know any." Games under blah, 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 or yeah. blah, blah, blah. I don't but know how many man, times they've can't. played. He's Patrick Beverly. You cannot, under no circumstances, can a guy of Chris Paul's stature, a top three-point guard all-time, respond to a guy like but, Patrick but Beverly. Theo, he's been on five nationally televised shows just hours after CP3 suffered the most humiliating moment <laughs> of his career, and he's just going at him. It's not like we're talking about a random appearance on some underground <laughs> radio show, some like pirated radio station out of Broward County. We're talking about he 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 went on, on, on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. It wasn't done there. He then went on with Mike Greenberg, who's maybe the most recognizable sports personality, and then went to the other most recognizable sports personality, Stephen A. Smith, and did the same thing. He is the most recognizable like, Stephen A. This is the highest profile torching I can ever remember, and it's not just analyzing play. It's personal. It's personal. Theo, you just mentioned he's a top three player. Can I present to you the audio of Pat Bev saying oh, he's not, no. he might not even be top ten. Wait, there's more? Point there guards? is more. He oh might not God. even be a top ten point guard? Yeah. Oh, there's play. more. Please Patrick play. Beverly on CP3's legacy. Top ten, that's pushing it. <laughs> top five, no. <laughs> and there's no discredit to CP. He's oh, going to yeah. be Hall of Fame, of course, no. but I mean, we talking about some studs, man. Are we, are we talking about point guard or player? I'm talking about point, point guard. Guards. But if you give anyone the keys for that long, you should have those numbers. Okay. Boy. I don't want to get into the top five point guard conversation because it, it's the problem. Oh, because with it, I'll jump out the window. Well, yeah, and also the problem with it is, like, who do we consider point guards right. at that point? It's and, muddy and it gets, water. It gets super muddy. But top five little guys, that's what I'll kind of call it. And I'll include Magic Johnson in it because he played like a point guard. I think he has to be in that conversation. Magic, Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Isaiah Thomas, and John Stockton, and whatever order you want to put it in. Those are like the top five. That was Pat Bev's point, though. He's like, do we give this guy the benefit of the doubt because he's so small? We can't do that. He's really good. He's really good. Like, we're forgetting what happened, what he did in game two and game three at the age of 37. Totally. And then and what the did he do after before? that? I mean, that's not... He had four <laughs> games of nothing. He got nothing. tired. He got tired. He's an old man. Yeah, I, I think in the, the first two games he had 18 points, and then from then on out he had 18 turnovers. Like, yeah. he didn't score more than 18, which it's is been just... A- Wow. What happened to him is embarrassing, and what has happened to him in so many different postseasons has become increasingly embarrassing. But now it's like, dude, he's trying to make up for years of failed postseason runs, but he's only getting older with each year, and it's not going to get any better. I'm not someone who gets into physical confrontation, okay? I tend to probably shy away from it. I'm not built like that, both physically and... And from a fortitude perspective, okay? It's just not something I'm interested in. But I do know that if someone was killing me on national television, I do think that I would have to, I would have to do something in person to confront that person. Like, I, but I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not confrontational. So I guess people that are, and I know plenty of you out there that listen to the show are confrontational. You brawl. Yeah, you get into it with somebody, you do it in public, and hopefully for a lot of you it happens and it's done. But in this spot, 
in this spot, using this as an example, okay, if you're Chris Paul and Patrick Beverly's been dragging you, mm. dragging your name, your legacy, uh, what, what sort of fear you instill in the opponent, uh, all of these things nonstop all morning on the most watched and listened to sports network in the world, what do you do now? Do you take Theo's approach and just ignore it and don't respond? Or do you have to, like I said, confront him at a restaurant or a golf outing or something, a charity event during the course of the offseason? Do you confront Patrick Beverly face-to-face? Do you ignore it? Do you say something on social media? If you're CP3, what do you do with Patrick Beverly? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. What do you do? I'm lost because I'm not, I'm not about that life. Let's go to, uh, here we go, Theo. Somebody who's not afraid. Joe's in Jupiter. Joe's about to give Theo that work. What's uh, up, Joe? Uh, good afternoon. Speaking of responding, I cannot let an hour and a half of Luca bashing go any longer without backing the golden child with the aura all over the league. Oh. Please, Theo. Theo, please stop saying all he's done is won two series. He was 2019 Rookie of the Year, he's got three all-star appearances. And that's not to say the championships he had overseas as a teenager playing against grown men, four championships, including a couple of MVPs. He's been yeah. doing this at a championship level since he was like 15. Talk that talk, Joe. He is, he is an assassin. Okay. And it's only, three, it's only in year four. Grim Reaper. We get 15 more years of this as a Mavericks fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what, what else? Tell me some more. Give me because I know you were listing off his accomplishments. If he's the Grim Reaper, obviously you must have more. You kind of stopped short. That was like ten seconds there. Keep going. Okay, the whole the whole league respects him. LeBron James picks him on his All Star team every single year for a reason. Um, we just blew Phoenix out of their own gym in Game Seven, and we are now going to the Western Conference freaking Finals with Luca and a bunch of role players. He makes everybody else around him better. I guarantee you most people that aren't Mavericks fans probably couldn't name maybe one other person on our team. But we know them, and they're good because of him. <laughs> and I guarantee you, Jimmy Butler's great. I, give him, I love him. I love his play. I bet you if you swapped Jimmy and Luka and had Luka on the heat and Jimmy here or on our team, yeah. we would Whoa. not be in the Western Conference Finals. I, I mean, from a skill oh, set, it's like yeah. Luka's, Luka's mean, yeah. offensive skill set, I would take that any day of the week. I mean, it's there's no doubt. You have to have half of a brain to think that Jimmy's got a better offensive skill set than Luka. I'm, we, were, we were talking specifically about this postseason and who's done what to this point. That was good. Um, but, but what I will say is that we know Theo already has something against Luka based he on is. his Giannis versus Luka take That's a couple it. of weeks ago. And I think he's being very unfair yeah, to he you, does. Joe. That's um, it. That's all I, was, all I said yeah. two weeks ago was Giannis is better than Luka. What's Giannis doing today? Sudden, That's not true. We went, all of a sudden, I got a target we, on my back. Giannis is packing for Athens today. Yeah, and we said Luka was top five, and you went crazy, too. And you said he wasn't no, considered one of the best players in the league. That was that I, day. I said he wasn't top five in the league. Yeah, you did, and you said yeah. he wasn't one of the best players yeah. in the league. That's, why, Joe, that's why Joe's coming to give you body shots, man. Mm. Wasn't he and, top and five vote getter for MVP? You don't even have to hear it from me or your, or your other callers that also agree with me today. Um, there's oh. a guy named Jay Will that's got a great basketball mind. In fact, you can ask him next time he's on your show. This morning, on his show, he called Luca the second best player in the league right now, only behind Giannis, which I agree. 
I kept saying he's behind Giannis. I don't know if he's number two, but he's up there. He's up there. You know what? Theo can't help himself. I love it. Have yourself a parade. I I want you to have your parade right now because he did make the Western Conference Finals, and he is only in his fourth year. And I'm proud of a guy like Luka who's putting on for my home state of Texas, but still – He's no Giannis and Ted Okubo. Sometimes I forget that. Sometimes I seriously forget that you're from Texas. I'm from Houston, though. I'm man. not trying to be rude, but but I know, I know. It's a Houston well, we Dallas got, beef too. It, it's inherent. <laughs> Joe, appreciate okay. the call. Thank you, I, and 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 keep fighting the good fight against. I Theo. do. You know what? I love Jupiter Joe because he's <laughs> a real fanatic, and he does support him some Luca through and through, and the Dallas teams. And you know what? Congratulations to Luca and the Dallas Mavericks. You've made it to the Western Conference Finals. Keep on showing me. That's all I got to say. Fantasy Brad tweets, Luca is the MVPP, and it's not even close. How do you say that? Chuck Kenyon says on Twitter, Luca, then Jimmy Buckets. I mean, Joe's right. Like the majority of listeners today. Yeah. I, I, you and but the, the conversation was MVPP, most valuable playoff performer to this point. Through two series, based on all the numbers. I don't think you can deny that it's Jimmy, but I think we're starting to get caught up in semantics here. Who is the best player of the three we mentioned? Yeah. Jimmy Butler, Luca, Jason Tatum. From a large scale perspective, a long term perspective, yeah, yeah you're probably taking Luca. Yeah. There's no question about it. But in this postseason, has Luca been better than Jimmy? No. See, I think. No. I don't know. But I your think, thing, Theo, is you have like a, a big picture Giannis better than Luca thing, which is what drives, drives Joe crazy. Yeah, he doesn't like that. He and you like reacted that. negatively to a Stone and I saying a couple of weeks ago that Luca was a top five player in the league. But that, to me, that's very. Uh, I don't know if I reacted negatively only because of the Giannis conversation. All I was, my main point that day was Luca ain't Giannis. Like, let's stop the. He said, I think Joe said he was the best player in the league or whatever. And I said, there's a guy named Giannis there, and then we got into a whole argument. Well, Things spiral. We open it up like we literally asked the question to the phone lines, right, Stone? Would you have, rather have Giannis or Luca? And right? people were saying Luca, yeah. which to me is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, but I see. I don't think it's ridiculous. I think it is. Giannis I, literally scored fifty and fifteen in a freaking Finals closeout game. He's a Finals MVP, two-time MVP. He's a guy that is also great on defense and offense. How in the world? Do you tell me you would take another guy over him yeah, in the NBA right now? I don't know if you would take him over Giannis, but it isn't ridiculous. And can I, I remember I pulled it. We do have Cedric Maxwell, which wasn't a hot take earlier, but he does say Luka is the best player left in the playoffs right now, and he does bring up the Tatum and the Butler. Being best, the best player, player, yeah. best player in the left playoff. in the playoffs and who's been best in the playoffs are two completely different conversations. I, and I think earlier you kind of just discredited every caller and every reply who's, who said Luka was the MVP and me as well, but – in the playoffs, he off no, the what I discredited off the title no, favorite. So like that is the playoffs. What I was uh, what I was discrediting was not whether or not Luca is the best player remaining in the postseason. What I was discrediting is that Luca has been the best player in this postseason. Those are two different things. And the reason I discredited you most, Stone, is because you started talking about Oros. <laughs> That's and, why. And it was brought That's up why. and agreed upon. But in the playoffs, he off. Phoenix. All right, like, but like, like, that's we, it. We got to stop saying he just singularly did it because it was the defense of the Mavericks. It was Reggie Bullock, it was Dorian Finney Smith, and it was also the secondary playmaking of guys like Jalen Brown. Like I didn't know we'd get here today, you giving Reggie Bullock flowers he for has, defending the Phoenix Suns. He, I, I didn't know look we'd get at, there Look today. at what happened to the Mavericks and the Knicks when Reggie Bullock went from one team to the other. I'm not saying he's that transformation. He's I'm just not. saying his defensive presence and his able to strap up guys like uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker is what allowed for it. 
Luka did match the scoring total of the Suns in the first half. <laughs> but it was because the Suns scored 27 they scored 27 in the first right. half. They, like, this wasn't college basketball. That's not Luka's yeah. doing. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's great, though. Uh, like, let's not it, overdo it. You know what else is, is undisputed great yesterday? Undisputed great today, long-term, your best option when you're buying a car, Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Maybe you start there, and you look at the selection. You say, huh, that's pretty. It's kind of cool. Uh, it's a decent price point. Uh, from, a, from a family standpoint, probably looking at that. Man, I want a car that has some fun, some, some pickup to it. All right, well, there's that. But then you, you go to Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, Military Trail, just one half mile south, Palm Beach International Airport. You cannot miss it. You roll in, and you actually see the cars on the lot, the selection, and it is like a utopia of automobiles. Uh, there, there generally is sunshine, just rays that are beaming down on Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, because mm. this is the destination to go to. But then once you walk in the door, some dealerships, and I know a lot of you out there have experienced it, it is, it's like vultures. It's just, they just, they, 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 they crowd you. They, they, they start, start making you uncomfortable. Like, hey, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What do you And then you just want to walk out. That's the last place you want to be. Not a Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. It's a calm approach. It's a, hello, sir. Hello, ma'am. Uh, what, what, what are you looking for? How can we help you? And you actually have a, a, a conversation, a constructive conversation, so they can best help you find what you're looking for. And don't be worried about the cost. I know that this is tough times for many people right now with money. Things are expensive. Things are really, really expensive. You're having a ration cost. You're trying to figure out how you're going to pay for this and pay for this and pay for this. At Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, if your credit is poor, they are, there's no judgment there. They have a credit clinic on site. They have bank reps there who are sitting down with you and trying to make sure you get your financing taken care of to a point where you don't have to add car payment to the list of, oh my God, what's next? Like, how are we going to make this work? Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, that credit clinic, those bank reps on site, it sets them apart, period. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach.com. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach.com. Military Trail, half mile south, uh, Palm Beach International Airport on Military Trail in West Palm Beach. When we return, why are South Florida sports fans getting jobbed and... No, not Patrick Beverly. We have another troll, Theo Dorsey, the Temple of Troll. When we come back, I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Hey, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, myself, Theo Dorsey, Stone the Banowitz Friday Night Lights, edition number three of Heating Up as we preview the Heat and the Celtics, which is tomorrow night, game one, right here on ESPN 106.3, the Eastern Conference Finals. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Before we get to Temple of Troll with Theo, game one Eastern Conference Finals tomorrow night, game one Eastern Conference Semifinals, NHL, Panthers, Lightning, also tomorrow night. If both series goes to seven games, Heat Celtics, Panthers Lightning, six of the seven games are on the same day. Mm. Of the four games that currently have times in both series, three of the four are same day, and there would be aspects of both games that would overlap one another. Mm. The NHL 
And I listen, I know that everybody is in it for advertising dollars, okay? ESPN wants the New York Rangers, who won in Game 7, all right? The Rangers and anybody is, for them, a better exposure option for advertisers than Panthers Lightning, but Jesus, what a hit this South Florida sports fan base takes when the Panthers are finally doing something. They won a series for the first time since 1996, and now you're having to go up against the Heat. And I feel badly for a lot of fans, and it creates a massive inconvenience, okay? So, for example, tomorrow night, and three of the first four games are this. Panthers lightning start at 7 o'clock, and then Heat Celtics begin at 8.30. So you get two periods of Panthers, Mm. but then you have a major decision to make. Do you watch the first half of the Heat and the Celtics, or are you still locked in on the third period of the Panthers and the Lightning? I'll raise you one, though. I think this puts the onus on the Panthers players. Get them out of there quick. But the Panthers, the Panthers <laughs> are at their best when they're chasing like a two-goal <laughs> deficit in the third period. I think this sucks, and it sucks we have to make a decision. And I think that it's probably – I go with, with Heat on TV to start for 8.30 tip time, and then I go to the phone or go to the tablet uh, for the Panthers for the third period. It sucks you have to do that, though. I'll have a two-TV setup going. And also, for me, when you're watching hockey, like those intermissions are a full 20 minutes. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah, can yeah. tap into the heat game. I, I'm not too upset I just, about it. I'll be tuned into both. I, I'm upset about it because I wish the Panthers got their own night. For sure. Yeah. But yeah. what it does do is I know that it was really uncomfortable the last two weeks. Heat, then Panthers. Heat, then Panthers. Every single night was anxiety. Every night was anxiety, mm. which is why this weekend was great. Your team was in a game seven? Couldn't be us. Yeah. We took care of the job. But now the Panthers especially are being done a massive, massive disservice. The man will look you straight in the eye and disrespect your team. The man will FaceTime you so he can make fun of your fantasy team. If he beats you, chances are he's going to taunt you. He always has a negative thing to say about what you cheer for, what you stand for, because he's petty and he believes in it and he stands for it. Time now for Theo Dorsey's Temple of Troll. Congregation, it's time to hear the good word. He prays for your sports pain. Rocio then rejoices and preaches pettiness. Theo Dorsey is in his bully pulpit in the Temple of Troll. Mr. Dorsey, the floor is yours. As I was enjoying my Game 7 Sunday, just having myself a ball, tweeting out all kind of stuff, talking trash about teams, I stumbled upon a tweet that I had to react to. May I read this tweet? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It says, quote, Despite speculation from media about my future this fall, I'm currently undecided. I may work for NBC. I may play football again. I may focus on business and philanthropy. I I may train for the pickleball tour, senior golf tour, coach my kids, or all of the above, period. I'll let you know. Who tweeted that, Theo? Drew Christopher Breeze. Not just the washed-up old quarterback I saw in the Saints who can only throw it five yards down the field to save his life and try to scramble for first downs. Also, also the guy who stunk it up on the airwaves for NBC for his one season in that booth. Drew Brees, I don't give a damn what you're going to make up your mind about. I'll let you know. Media speculation? Who the hell is speculating on Drew Brees? You're not coming back to play football. We don't care if you're coaching your son's freaking team. And if you go play pickleball, who's watching anyways? Drew Brees, stop tweeting like we give a damn about what you do next. Who Drew Brees taking the brunt Ugh. of the Theodore Dorsey pettiness. 
That also speaks to, I mean, Drew Brees is probably pretty salty about the Tom Brady contract. That right? is, it is. He's, he's being oh, competitive, so I guess. Salty. And Drew Brees really blew it when he had a chance to be in a big, high-profile booth. He was just not good. He should have worked more at it. But he's a cautionary tale. Not everybody's going to be like Tony Romo. Yeah. So, Fox, I know that Tom Brady's a big pull for you, 10 years, 375 mil, but take Drew Brees as probably the exception and not the rule. Yeah, he was one and done. Or Tom, no, I screwed that up. Right. Drew Brees is the rule, and Not Tom Brady is the exception. Well, no, Tony okay. Romo is the exception. Damn it! <laughs> I screwed that up. It would have sounded so good. If you would have just kept going, I would have never noticed you screwed it's it saying, up. Damn it! Come on, man. All right, well, we'll try better tomorrow. Well, was that a bad dismount? It's what we do on this show. <laughs> Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29. Stone the Banowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. I've been live on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye for now.